Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Beauty Talk. I'm your host, Janice Tunnell, for today, Sunday, July 23rd. Welcome to the show, you guys. Um, just want to remind everyone that the call-in number for tonight's show, if you have a question or a comment, is 914-803-4399. Again, that number is 914-803-4399. Please make sure you press the option to speak with the host. Um, I also want to thank our listening audience um, all over the world, those who will listen live tonight, but also those who will listen on the playback. Um, Thank you guys for your continued support. And now I'm going to turn it over to Denise for the Beauty News. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Beauty News, and welcome to uh, tonight's show. I wanted to uh, just take a few minutes. I'm sorry? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, okay. I thought you said something. No. I just wanted to take a few minutes to um, go over the list of the 2017 Emmy Award uh, uh, nominations for makeup and hairstyling. I think I may just keep it to makeup because it's a pretty long list. Um, And I'm only going to read uh, probably the names of, like, the makeup designers or makeup department heads. Again, because it's a pretty, it's a long list, so I don't want to take up too much of um, our show with this. So let's get started. But can you all believe that Saturday Night Live is 42 years old? Hello? Can anyone believe it? I'm here. <laughs> can you all believe it? I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought I was on the phone by myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but Saturday Night Live um, received, I think Saturday Night Live as well as Westworld both received 22 nominations for um, the 69th Annual Emmy Awards. So let's get started with our list. Uh, for Outstanding Makeup for a Single Camera Series Non-Prosthetic, uh, we have Penny Dreadful, uh, Enzo Mastrontonio is the makeup designer, uh, Stranger Things, uh, Mike Michaels, the department head makeup artist. This Is Us, uh, Zoe Hay is the department head makeup artist for that. Uh, Vikings, Tony McEnery, department head makeup artist. Westworld, we have Christian Tinsley, department head makeup artist. 
And if those of you out there who work in film and television, if you uh, uh, work with the Tinsley Transfers, then he is the creator of that, Christian Tinsley for Westworld. Um, Outstanding makeup for multi-camera series or special non-prosthetic, uh, Dancing with the Stars. And for those of you who buy the Z palette, uh, Zena, and I definitely can't pronounce her last name, but she's the department head makeup artist, and she's creator of the Z palette. Um, Hairspray Live, Melanie Hughes Weaver is makeup supervisor. Uh, Judy Yonmoto is the head makeup artist on that. And then our friend Tim um, Lucarin is one of the makeup artists listed um, under Hairspray Live, so congrats to him. Uh, Mad TV, Jennifer Espinal is the department head makeup artist. And then RuPaul's Drag Race, David, David Petrushin is makeup artist on that one. Uh, Saturday Night Live, we have, of course, Louise Zakarian, makeup uh, department head uh, on that. And my friend a- Amy Tagliamonte works on that as well. And then for The Voice, we have Darcy Gilmore. She's the department head makeup artist. Outstanding makeup for a limited series or movie non-prosthetic, American Horror Story. Kim Ayers, um, she's an assistant department head makeup artist, along with Mike McKesh. He's also assistant uh, department head makeup artist. And then makeup designer, of course, is Aaron Kruger McKesh. Big Little Lies. Stephen Artmont is the department head on that. Fargo, we have Gail Kennedy, uh, department head makeup artist. Feud, uh, Betty and Joan. Aaron Kruger McKesh is the makeup designer. Um, and then again, Tim is listed again as one of the makeup artists on that show. And then Genius, Davina Lamont is the department head makeup artist. Okay, next category, outstanding prosthetic makeup for a series, limited series, movie, or special. We have um, American Horror Story. Uh, Aaron Kruger McKesh is the makeup designer. Uh, her husband, Michael McKesh, is the special makeup effects assistant department head. And you have David Lavori Anderson. Uh, Anderson is the prosthetic designer. And then there's a list of special makeup effects uh, team to go along with that show. Penny Dreadful, Nick Dudman is prosthetic makeup designer. Saturday Night Live, again, you have Louis Zakarian, department head makeup artist. And The Walking Dead, uh, Greg Nicotero, special makeup effects department head. Westworld, again, Christian Tinsley, department head makeup artist. And then... We go to the hair list, but I won't read those. Um, but that's the end of uh, the makeup category. So congratulations to all of those makeup artists for all of their hard work and dedication to it. So um, may the best man or woman win. <laughs> Absolutely. Congratulations to all the nominees for this year. What's What's the actual award year, like how many years has it been so far? Oh, this is the 69th. 69th, okay. I don't know why I was thinking 67th, but the 69th. Wow. A long time. long time. Yeah, that's wonderful. So the Emmy celebrates the best in television. So when is the actual show? The actual show is uh, September 16th. Well, the, yeah, the Primetime Creative Arts Emmy will air on September 16th. Gotcha. All right. 
Sounds good. Sounds good. We will um, we'll be back right after this. How would you like to become friends with benefits? I'm sure that got your attention. I'm talking about FriendsBeauty.com, now offering a benefits discount program to all of our friends. That's right. Professionals that qualify can save up to 40% and non-professional consumers up to 10% just for setting up a free account online. At Friends Beauty, we offer a huge range of products, including beauty makeup, special FX and theatrical makeup, skin care, wigs and extensions, styling tools, and more with thousands of brands at the best prices. We've been in business since 1940 and pride ourselves on ensuring our friends have the best shopping experience ever. Sign up for our friends discount program and shop with us today at friends, that's F-R-E-N-D-S, no I, beauty.com, friendsbeauty.com. We also offer studio services for production orders at 818 818- 691-1294. That's 818-691-1294. Join our program and become a friend with benefits today. All right, that's friendsbeauty.com. Uh, tonight's guest, Rochelle Mullins, joins us. Uh, we're going to talk all about branding tonight. Uh, Rochelle, welcome to the show. And could you just start off uh, just by introducing yourself to our listening audience? Hi, good evening. Hello. I'm Rochelle um, Mullins, but online you will find me as Rochelle Lynn, and I am a digital content and brand manager, former beauty girl as well. (laughs) Now, let's talk a little bit about that because she said former beauty girl. So a couple questions. One, what you do with your, your your online content um, management is that strictly just for beauty? And then, second question: How did you transition over from being a beauty girl to uh, this online content manager? Oh, okay. So I'll start with. Um, I guess maybe I'll start with the. I'll start with the transition. Um, so initially, I was a beauty blogger, like way back before blogging was blogging. And um, this is right when Twitter became a thing, um, and I just started blogging on the blogger platform at that time and got involved in the makeup communities on Twitter and just kind of grew my network that way and began to meet some industry professionals, was always at the makeup show, um, mingling, networking, and because I was also in the blogging space, I was very concentrated on uh, growing my online community and working with advertisers and and different brands. This is before, like, influencers were known as influencers. Um, And from there, different, uh, you know, beauty brands were asking me to either ambassador for them or help them um, cultivate a campaign for one of their products. And it just kind of – it just – it just happened from there. It wasn't intentional. It just it just was a natural progression. Gotcha. Now, <clears throat> you said, you know, you were a beauty blogger. Uh, were you ever interested in a career in beauty? I was. I was. I wanted to be – I saw some different aspects of, of the industry, and I thought for sure that that's what I wanted to do. 
Um, but then there was also a, another side of me that that still um, – I went to school, you know, for English, and I was an English teacher before I even got into beauty. So I think everything just mm-hmm. kind of came full circle for me, and uh-huh. this just – it just kind of felt great. Um, the good thing is that I still work or I'm still able. No, it's surprising. I kind of walked away from beauty altogether for, for a couple of years. And now some things are coming full circle where I am now, you know, different brands are starting to reach out to me again um, in relation to being an ambassador and having some sponsorships and um, some beauty industry professionals are reaching out to work with me. Um, and through the years, I've worked with some people in the in the beauty industry, so I've never walked away from it completely. Just now, on the business and branding side of it. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. There's there's so many questions I want to ask because just <laughs> basically, basically, and just things you just shared along with other questions that I had in mind. So please excuse me if this conversation seems like it's all over the place. Because um, I'm probably, I'm kind of trying to, you know, like when you mention something, I kind of want to like ask while it's fresh on my mind or what have you. So mm-hmm. if it seems like it's jumping around, please excuse me. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about. Let's just start off with social media in general, because I have a lot of questions there. You talk about ambassadors. You talk about. Um, influencers, and I kind of want to eventually get to that, but I think the best way to start is just let's just talk about social media in general. First of all, mm-hmm. I'd like to know from I have a couple of social media questions I'm throwing out. One, because, um, you know, back in the MySpace days, I would have never thought social media would be where it is today. Right. Um, so... Tell me a little bit about some of the things that you know that you've noticed about social media that has changed, the good, you know, what's good, what's bad about it, and then why is social media so important? Um, the good, the bad, and the differences. I think that there's not the same sense of community as there was, um, you know, five, six seven years ago. I remember times when we would all be on Twitter on a Sunday evening or whatever the day of the week was for makeup chat. And I just, um, I I met some wonderful people like the both of you. um, So made so many connections through social media. And I don't think that that's quite as genuine or as possible as it was a few years ago. It's much more strategic. It's much more cultivated. Um, I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah, and it's it's it, it's a definite. It's it's the fuel that you need now. You can't you can't do it without it. And so even in this same you know decade or so, it has it's made tremendous changes. Even from five years ago, um, now in order to be relevant, you have to be using it all the time. Um, so yeah, I definitely see. You know, those those are definitely di- the differences. And why do you need it? Because it just you're not relevant without it. Unfortunately, um, you know, there are people. There's. I was having a conversation with someone via direct message, and I was like, Hey, I see your Instagram, and I really want to 
utilize your services is actually a beauty service. I wanted to get my eyelashes on. I'm like, so do you have a site? And she's like, no, I don't have a site. Well, how do I book with you? Well, you can call me or text me. And it was such a turnoff. And so it just, um, it's just so necessary to prove your, to prove your relevance now as a, as a brand, as a business, as an artist, whatever you're doing. Um, that's like your digital business card. Right. Right. So let's mm-hmm. talk about that. And, you know, okay, let's say I have a business, uh, as far as online goes, mm-hmm. what, what should I be doing online as a business? You know, honestly, at this at at this stage in the game, as it relates to uh, digital content and marketing, you have to be kind of telling a different story on every platform or showing a different side of your business, your brand on every kind of platform. So there's, you know, some platforms like Snapchat and Instagram stories that want to kind of see you. They want to see these snapshots throughout your day. Um, and then you've got other things like Facebook that you can uh, cultivate a conversation, and then you can show a visual aspect on um, on Instagram, on the traditional platform. And then over on Twitter, you can just hop in and out of different conversations and have a whole – you can show a whole well-rounded picture of your brand there in 140 characters or less. So every platform does something different. I always advise that you start with – the platform where your biggest audience is and kind of perfect that first and then move to other platforms. So do you, so do you suggest, um, do you, or do you suggest not, um, like connecting your posts together, like whatever your posts are on, on Instagram, you know, letting that go to Facebook or Twitter, should, should your post, um, should your post on each platform be kind of authentic and tr- and true to that follower on on that platform? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think there should be a variation of content across platforms, and and sometimes that's difficult. I get it. It's difficult. Yeah. You know, sometimes that can be difficult to do, and and you know, even for me, I think I had a moment today where I was like, I got to figure out. I don't I don't even know. I got to figure out how I can take a, a break, how I can take a detox because I see so much, you know what I mean? Um and there right. are times when that can become over overwhelming. Right. Yeah. And I think that I think for some, for a lot of people and even for me at one point in time, I just felt like, you know, social media is very overwhelming. Like before, like you said years ago when Twitter was start, you know, first started out, it's like you really, you know, develop relationships with people like, you know, because I think we probably knew you um, just from being on Twitter. And then it's like some years later, you know, we met, but it, you mm-hmm. but you actually felt like you knew the person, you know, whereas, whereas now it's just so different. Social media is, you're not, to me, I feel like you're not really being social. I just feel like, um, you know, you have to work now on social media. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so, and so, how do you do? You suggest, I guess, for brands to, you know, I get that you have to tell your story because I, I want to go back to that in a second. And mm-hmm. but, 
but do you suggest to brands to be social on social media? I mean, I know, I mean, you know, we are being very strategic with the post and things like that. But you, I think for me, I feel like brands should be a little more social where they are responding to some of the, um, you know, to some of the comments and things like that and interacting with people because for me, who, for me personally, I don't really want to follow somebody who I feel like a lot of times on social media, it's just a one-way conversation. You know what I mean? Right. Um, mm-hmm. And then especially for a brand, if you're, you know, if you're reaching out to a brand, I think it, I, I think if you want to keep that person as a customer, it makes sense to me to be sociable with that particular customer. I mean, you know, respond to the comments, um, you know, I don't know, like a post, go to their page, like a post or something, you know, not just, oh, that's, that person's following me. And so, okay, great. I have another follower and, and that's that and move on. Mm-hmm. I think there's, so I can completely relate. I think that there's not one answer. A lot of times what happens if we take the conversation to say perhaps a small independent beauty brand um, uh, or a solopreneur, um, let's say you started a lipstick line and, you know, you get it in the hand of an influencer and it, it just blows. Well, at that point, you're overwhelmed because you may mm-hmm. not have been doing what you needed to do to, you know, I call it a recipe. You may not have put a recipe in place for your brand for that boom, for that right. sudden peak of growth. And so you don't know how to handle it. And so people get lost in the shuffle. So I come from, you know, when I'm working with my clients of the preparation, I make them, you know, build an organizational chart before organization even exists so that you can build to prepare for all of those things that are coming. Um, and I think it's important that as as we grow, as and I can definitely speak to, I, I used to freelance, so I understand what that's like, and I know how it can become overwhelming. But it's also important to, if you're really serious about your craft, if you really want to grow your brand, you want people to take you seriously, um, it's important to know when it's time to ask for help and when it's time to set some things in place. And even if you're not at a point where you can budget in a, an assistant or someone to manage that for you, um, you know, take time out to say, hey, maybe on every Tuesday and Thursday I go through Facebook and Twitter and I respond to those comments. And on Mondays and Fridays I go through and respond to Instagram and anything else that I have. So, you know, you have to make the time um, to make everyone feel important. And so that's just part of the sacrifice. That's just what happens when you are in business. Yeah, yeah. And and you're right. And I think mm-hmm. I think you have to you because it can be so overwhelming. I think you have to pace yourself, you know, and and pick and choose what you're going to do on certain days. Even when it mm-hmm. comes to posting, you know, you know, right. maybe two days out of the week to post on Twitter and Instagram, and the other two days for you know, Facebook or and whatever else. And it's important to know that you don't have to be everywhere. I am. For the last exactly. year, you know, I'm just not on Twitter like that anymore. Every now and then you'll catch me on Twitter, but I can't, I don't have the time to do Twitter like I used to do Twitter. Right. Um. You know, so you have to know where your groove is, what your, 
what your sweet spot is and run with that. Right now, for me, that's Instagram stories. That's my sweet spot. I run with it. That's something that I don't neglect at all. Um, someone else runs the traditional portion of my Instagram. Um, and then I just auto schedule some things to go onto Facebook. And I, you know, I take, I set in time when I just go and, and respond to people and participate in different groups that I'm in. It's a conscious effort. Right. Right. So talk to our listening audience a little bit about branding. What is branding? Because I think there's some people who are still a little (laughs) not sure. (laughs) When I thought about when when, um, Denise sent me over the, you know, some of the things that we would be talking about, I thought about this. And I thought about, okay, well, do I give a traditional version? You know, how do I say what branding is? You know, at the end of the day, branding is you. You are your brand. A brand is everything that represents you and and what you're passionate about, um, mm-hmm. what you're committed to. A brand can be – a brand has so much evolution um, that you really are your brand. Although you may have another brand, you may have a product or a service, it is all just an extension of who you are and who you serve. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, why why is branding important? Because I hear people, you know, sometimes people don't understand what branding is or what it's all about, and then there and then there are others who, especially on social media, I'll I'll see people like, for instance, um, they'll show. Like I remember this this chef. You know, she showed, like, you know, her business cards, and then she uh, got, what else did she get? She got, like, some T-shirts, um, some water bottles, and they all had, um, you know, like her logo or whatever on it. And then she would say, you know, I'm branding branding my business. Why is that important? And I know it's probably, um, you know, you might think, well, common sense, you know, you want people to know who you are, but what? What about branding makes it important? Um, that's your signature. That's your stamp. That's what makes you you. That's what makes you stand out. You know, there's a million makeup artists in the world, but there's something about your brush stroke that just isn't like anyone else's. Um, there's something a way that I uh, about the way that I deliver content that no one else can, and so it's kind of like your polish on your service or your product. And it's so much more, I think a lot of people think, well, my brand is just very visual. It is visual. The visual component is very important, but there's so much more. Your brand is about the decisions that you make ethically. It's about the way that you grow your business. It's about the way that you interact with your audience. It's about the partnerships that you take and the partnerships that you don't take. It's about the clients that you that you push to the to the next level of success or the client that you help to make feel beautiful who goes on to tell other people about you. Um, so there's so much that defines a brand that it's absolutely important that you protect it and you cultivate it um, in a way that best represents you. Right. And so would the, the same principles for branding for – an individual, say, for instance, an individual makeup artist, um, would the same principles apply to 
let's say if that makeup artist had a a business where she sold makeup brushes, um, would the same principles apply for branding for the individual versus uh, a business? A lot of times, yes, because although you're not, so you have this brand of makeup brushes, but everybody knows that you're the girl who's behind the brand of the makeup brushes. So Mm -hmm. they're really buying the makeup brushes. They're probably great, but they're really buying them because of you. They've Mm -hmm. invested really in you. Um, So there are a lot of the same fundamentals that go into that, yes. And is there anything anything different um, anything different they should be doing to to kind of give the business more exposure? So, for instance, and I said makeup brushes, but but we spoke about Zena earlier. It's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Zena is a is a makeup artist, and she's mm-hmm. um, she's an Emmy, she's an Emmy Award makeup artist working for Dancing with the Stars, and she has the Z palette. So mm-hmm. they're buying the Z palette. Basically, what you're saying is because they know the, of the person that's behind the Z palette. Um, but you know, but then there then there are people out there who purchase the Z palette that knows nothing about Zena, doesn't even know who owns that company. They but they mm-hmm. know the product. So, mm-hmm. thinking for those people who know who who she is, they're buying it because it's hers. Um, and they know who she is, they know her reputation, the type of person that she is, the quality of work that she does, and they say, I want the Z palette. But then again, like I said, there are people who know nothing of her, and they just see that the Z palette is something that I'm interested in, and they they try it out, and they like it, and I want it because this is a great product. I guess I'm trying to figure out um, where the two meet, I guess, and then where where is it because there's going like I said there's going to be times when people are not going to know who's behind it but they still want the product so is it something that Zena as the business owner I guess should be doing to con- so that she continues to get those people who know nothing about her um and all they see is the product I think it I think that where they intersect is that sometimes either you can feel the brand if you already have a you know let's say you you have the product first so the product mm-hmm. can fuel your personal brand so imagine um how do I explain this got to think about how I can best explain this so let's say now you're able to get speaking opportunities or, or grow your a platform based upon what the, the space that the product is in in the marketplace. It's, it's a great product. It works. It's reputable. Everyone loves it and vice versa. So you can do it for the brand and the brand can do it for you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Okay. Normally, typically, it's one or the other. I always, when when even a lot of, most of my clients come to me and they have a product, and I'm always, we're always talking about, well, let's make sure that we're able to cultivate your own personal brand from this, because most of the time, there's, you know, there's some something that we're passionate about that has even gotten us to create this product or this mm-hmm. service, and oftentimes, 
Um, it's just a matter of that, you know, that thing can open the door for you to now stand on the platform and be an expert in that, that field. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to um, you mentioned earlier was something that I thought was so important, um, and then you kind of hear it a lot now, and that's telling the story. Um, I mean, of course, you know, we started out with, with Snapchat and, and the stories there, and then we went to Insta stories. And I guess, I guess, you know, you choose the platform that best suits you. And like you said, the, the one, I guess, where you have the most uh, followers, I guess. But mm-hmm. why is telling the story so important? And, and what story should we be telling? Because sometimes I often wonder, should we have, um, you know, if you have a business, should you have a separate business account, um, you know, something other than your personal account? And what story should you tell um, if you're a business owner, if you're a brand owner? Should you incorporate a little bit of your personal life in your story as a brand, or should that just be kept totally separate? Uh, you know, I think that another one is difficult to answer. It's, it's up to you. You know, again, a lot of people, personally, I like to say, I like to say I, I I mix in my personal life, so that's what I go with. Um, but I think the perception is a lot of people think, well, if I'm on social media this much and I have to show so much of my personal life, and I think that goes back to that point where I said so much is cultivated. Um, and so there's a way that you can show your life in a way that really is not really showing your life. It's kind of almost like, well, I'm going to give you, I'm, I'm going to show you what I want to show you in a way that you can limit what it is that you show or share. Um, I think more than anything, it's about your audience just feeling like you're approachable, like, uh, like they, like they know you, like you're inviting them in. People are just suspicious. People are, we just live off of information now. We don't know, Unfortunately, how to not live without information about everything and everyone at our fingertips. Um, right. And it's almost just kind of like a dance that you dance right now. Um, it's just become part of reality for businesses, and I think that you can you can show a side of your you can it's yours it's your platform it's you can do with it whatever it is that you want. Um. You just have to do it in a way that's that's cultivated and in a way that attracts and engages people. Right. Absolutely. Let's take a quick break break real quick. Let me cut you off and hold on to that thought, and we'll be right back. Has your face felt dry and tight, or does it hold oils like a sponge? If the answer is yes, what you need is a facial. That's right, and not just any facial, but a Facetox organic facial. Listen, the Facetox organic blend, it's free of parabens, it's vegan, and mixed with 100% organic rose water. And this water binds your face and works right away as it slowly begins to dry. You see, when the organic rose is mixed with the Facetox blend, it creates a negative charge and will prevent and even draw out your blackheads, reduce the appearance of scars, even skin tone, draw out external toxins, heal and rejuvenate skin tissue, and it will even uncover 
clog and shrink your pores. Face Tox is probably the most powerful face mask you will ever use because the benefits to your skin are endless. Listeners of our show can receive a 20% discount by simply using the discount code BEAUTY20. Face Tox organic face masks are perfect for all skin types. So what are you waiting for? Order yours right now at facetox.com. Your skin will thank you. All right, so you were getting ready to ask a question? We can't. I can't hear you. You can't. Okay, that's better. Hello? Can we lose her? No, it looks like she's still on. I just can't. Hmm. Well, please say that again. You're going in and out. You may want to try hanging up and then calling back in. Okay, yeah, her call dropped. Um, let's talk a little bit about Instagram. Would you mm-hmm. say that that's would you say that that's kind of like the number one uh, social media outlet out there that's kind of good for everything? We talked about telling your story. We talked, you know, about growing your business. Um, would, would you say Instagram is kind of like everything? For um, for a business or for an individual, uh, there's probably you know I'm starting to fall in love with Facebook again. Um, yeah, it seems like the art of conversation is beginning to possibly come back again. Um, there's okay. some amazing groups on Facebook now. Uh, I don't feel the same way that I felt about Facebook. Before And I don't know if that had to do with me personally, I think, because maybe I wasn't as unashamed in talking about my business. and um, But, yeah, I still I, – Facebook is, is making a comeback for me. Okay. okay. So I think Instagram is very important, very, very important. Are you back on with us? Yes, can you all hear me? Yes. Yep. Okay, I wanted to ask a question because I thought this was so interesting, but I wanted to ask for you, I wanted to ask you to share how your whole um Insta story challenge came about. Um because everyone's like, "Well, how do you do this?" Like I just I guess I got real fancy with the the features and the tools and so um, so many people kept asking me, well, how did you use this function and how did you get this screen and how did you do that? And so initially I was like, well, I'll just do a little course and I'll show people how to, uh, you know, make the designs and make it cute and all of that. And then, you know, people just started reaching out to me personally. Um, so people essentially kind of asked for it. Gotcha. And so what so what exactly was the challenge? Did they have to create a story every day or um there were all types of things. So they had uh they had to define their brand story and um 
define the pillars of their brand, the three best benefits. Every day it was something, um, it just got bigger every day. So not only was it about learning how to use the basic functions, it was really more so about doing the work to develop a brand story. Let's see, did you just say the big six functions? Uh, I don't think I said the big six. Oh, the functions. No, I meant, I mean, like, the basics, basics, basics. Oh, you said basics, basics. Okay, I thought mm-hmm. you said big six. I was going to say, oh, my God, what are the six? Because I'm only doing maybe, like, one or two. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God you said basics. <laughs> yeah, basics. I thought, oh my God, I'm missing out on some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rochelle, earlier you mentioned influencers. Mm-hmm. Where where did that all start? Where did it come from? It, you know, I don't. If I had to make a guess, I don't know the real. Like, you know, I haven't googled the real history on this, so you know. Um, if I had to guess, it just, it really came from the blogger, like when bloggers started blowing up and when, you know, brands started making partnerships and connections with individual, uh, beauty bloggers and all of a sudden you had someone who was reviewing your, you know, in bloggers on YouTube, you had someone who was now reviewing your product. Um, and singing its praises, and then, you know, brands would see a spike in sales, and they realized that, hey, these people, okay, they have some they have some, some buying power. Um, and so that's, I think, where it really, really took off. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of conversations, you know, when I'm talking to people or even conversations online, where people are having these discussions about, for instance, um, you know, pro makeup artist versus influencer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not, you know, mentioning this to, to put anybody down or anything like that, but but I'm just, like I said, I'm just noticing that it, there's a lot of conversation going on about it. And then there's this big emphasis on, you know, supporting and highlighting the pro artist and just in and putting it out there that you are a pro artist. And I think it all, I think all of that comes from the influencer, or like you said, before. I'm sorry. Can you guys hear me? I okay. can now. So. Okay, so before it was kind of like it started from, like you were saying, you know, the beauty blogger, um, mm-hmm. now they're turned influencers. But before, you know, you know, people, you always hear people talk about beauty bloggers and they're always um, doing makeup on themselves. And I just had somebody, a makeup artist, say to me the other day about uh, how the, the bloggers would be given products from these different brands, and they will, the blogger would get the entire, let's say, the entire shade range for, let's say, foundation. Mm-hmm. The blogger would get all of these foundations, and they're only using the one color that matches their skin tone, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so then mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, her her argument or her her issue was that 
you know, bloggers getting all these products and they're only doing makeup on themselves, why do they have to have the whole range of product? And then I've been hearing people, you know, so that's one of the things I've been hearing. And then, you know, again, explaining or 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 couldn't understand how come all of these, um, you know, different brands are, are taking these influencers on trips. Um, I've heard that <laughs> recently. You know, I, you know, they would call some of the names, and they they're going. This particular brand is taking them this place, and some other brand is doing something else for the influencers. And you know, another thing that I could say or respond to was was to say that, you know what? I really think that you know, for them to send a um, a blogger like the full range of shades, or for for them to take these influencers and take them on trips somewhere it probably is still a whole lot cheaper than spending advertising dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, like when, like the old school traditional way of advertising when they would, mm-hmm. you know, do magazine ads and things like that. And so I guess my, my, my question to you is because you were a blogger at one point, mm-hmm. um, What's your take on it all? Because, like I said, there is an emphasis out there on the professional artists now. I, I see a lot of people in the industry having those conversations. You know, what's a professional, you know, artist? And they're talking about the professional artist versus the influencer. What's your take on on that whole conversation? I feel like this conversation has been, you know, I think it's been had for years now. I think the only difference is before it was really about are you going to use weave glue on lashes and do you do eyes or foundation first? Um, (laughs) And I think, you know, I understand the artist's frustration, but I also understand the other side. So having been a blogger, having been an artist, and now being um, a full-time entrepreneur, the best answer that I can give is that it's business. And sometimes there, you may not understand it until you make that full pivot through every aspect, influencer, possibly a you know blogger, an artist, a business person. Does that make it necessarily right, or you know justify the fact that someone who has no experience is is put in a position where they get more than the person who is really invested in the art of makeup and the history of makeup? Um, you know, I still have moments. My little cousin is a makeup fanatic, and she calls herself a makeup artist. And I think probably the biggest disagreement that we have is I'm just like, well, won't you go read about um, Kevin Aquan? Or do you know, you know, when people tell me they don't know who Sam Fine is, I sometimes want to punch them in the face, you know. And so I get it. I get it from all angles. But at the end of the day, it's about the, the almighty dollar. And for some of these brands, um, bloggers are their PR. You know, you got to think about how social media works. It takes uh, one person to have a bad review or one person to just drag your name through the mud and it's a wrap or close to a wrap or it can be a problem that you have to get out ahead of. And so, you know, unfortunately, that's just how the structure is, is built right now. Um, so, and I do agree. I do agree that it is much less expensive to um, take a blogger on a trip and give them a product line. And you know, you got to think 
beyond what you see right there. So let's say they take them on a trip. Well, you know, chances are that hotel or the resort that they stayed at, they've written off a portion of that trip because look at all the influence. It's all business. Exactly. Exactly. It's all business. Exactly. But isn't the whole the whole purpose here is you know with all of this and with and with us in our careers and whatever it is that you do is to focus on you and, and you know, you know what I mean and and not spend so much time and so much energy and negative energy at that worrying about you know what brand is flying in what influencer to Fiji you know <laughs> yes you, I mean I would love to go too but. here's what I do now. Again, remember, I'm coming from the same world where I was a blogger and I was an artist. There was a group of us, and this is going back to that, you know, seven, eight years ago when we had community on, on, on social media, and there was a group of us girls who started in this beauty game. And there's a handful of us who you can you can probably pull out of the pack and say, oh, my gosh, she – did this cover, she has this many mm-hmm. tear sheets, her name is all over the place in the industry. You could name some of us who have gone on to do some really impactful things, whether it be within beauty or outside of beauty. And then there's another there's another group who are still kind of doing the same. Not that there's anything wrong with doing the same mm-hmm. thing, if that's what you want to do, but there's still a group who have had, who haven't really moved from a place in which they were seven, eight years ago. And you typically see that a lot of times they were maybe a little more combative on social media. Maybe they always had a problem mm-hmm. or a fight with the brand because they didn't think, right. you know, they didn't agree with what the brand did and they got stuck in this idea that, well, I'm an artist and I invested in my craft and you're giving this to her who, you know, she's just a YouTuber, she's just a blogger. Right. And when you get caught up in that, yeah, like, do you have an argument? Absolutely you have an argument, but you haven't allowed, you know, you got to let it go because it's not allowing you to progress any further. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, a lot of times you can make a bigger impact in the industry um, by getting yourself in a position where you can make a change. Because if you're in a position where you really can't make a change and you're kicking up a, a storm, um, it, it's going to be a, a hard-fought struggle to make any – it doesn't do the entire community any good. You're making it worse. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Tell us um, Michelle, you know, what you're what, – what are you passionate about and why are you so passionate – about helping helping brands. Oh, because I just hate to see. I'm I'm really passionate. I'm I'm passionate about small brands and the solopreneur small business. Because um, I just hate to see us fail, and I'm super passionate about women um, in business, especially minority women in business. I just I don't want to see us fail, and they're so. Uh, they're so. This is this is like no other time. This may not you know when you look at the news may not be the best politically and things like that, but this is a time where despite all the turmoil and all of the things that are going on, you could be anybody you want to be in 2017. Like you mm-hmm. really can sit behind a computer and build an entire career. And that's an, to me, that's an amazing thing. And I want people to be able to take advantage of that power 
and use it for their own good. And that's what I'm passionate about. Got it. Got it. Um, tell us a little bit about the services that you offer. Um, so I do digital content management, which means that I will write your entire site. I do a, a ton of content writing. I help you um, develop your content and use the right content that helps you generate um, sales. I'm all about um, generating your sales, boosting your profit. So I do work solely pretty much with, with um, business owners who have a product or a service. Um, and I do a lot of brand coaching. I wasn't really into this coaching thing. I feel like my clients kind of put that, that title um, on me. Um, but just like walking you through the basics of what you need to do to grow your, you know, to, to make your brand sustainable and profitable and grow. Nice. And, this, and everything you do with the businesses happens online. Is that correct? Or just about. I have some clients that I see, um, but um, for the most part, everything happens online, yeah. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. And, and we can find out more about that house. Um, by visiting RochelleLynn.com, and that's R-C-H-E-L-L-E-L-Y-N-N.com. All right. All right. Um, is there a any piece of advice you could offer to a small brand who's not, you know, who, who may not be familiar with the types of services that you offer? Um, you know, they they don't even really know that that's what you offer. It, you know, it's something um, that's important. They don't really know a whole lot about how to brand. If there was a piece of advice that you could give um, a solopreneur or a small or small business, what would it be? Don't stop seeking, like, never stop seeking knowledge because so many people will say, well, I don't know how to do this. There's not anything that you can't find for free on Google University. I think that, uh, (laughs) I think that, that, I think that passion I think that if you're passionate about it, it fuels your purpose. So, um, and I think that I'm I'm very much into like affirmations and manifestation and understanding my energy. And I think that when you set out to do something, um, even if you don't have all of the resources that you think that you need to get started, if it's something that you are passionate about, that you know that you want to do, just do it, do something. And I think that in turn, um, all of the all of the powers that be um, will all the doors that you need to open will begin to to open because I think that um, effort and your passion you know definitely fuels your purpose. If you if you show that effort, then things are going to fall in place for you um, like they should. So I think it's to start before you you know start before you're ready. Never stop seeking and gaining knowledge. Um, and and just just do it and and learn in every step of the process. Nice, nice. So my last question to you tonight is, what is your definition of beauty? Oh my gosh, I don't know. <laughs> oh man, I think beauty is just 
I think beauty is um, knowing yourself and embracing yourself and loving yourself right where you are at whatever particular stage you are in life. That's a beautiful thing. At least it was for me. I didn't that if you can really love yourself, like you can really be in love with yourself and embrace all of your flaws and the things that make you you. That's that's beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now tell us uh, where we can find you on social media so everyone can go out and follow you. Um, Rochelle Lynn. Thing where everything. Rochelle Lynn. Everything everywhere. So, that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Now let me ask this question. I mean, I know I said that was the last question, but <laughs> since you said that, you said everything, Rochelle Lynn. Can you tell people how important that is? Um kind of being consistent on all platforms with 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 your identity and, and being able to find you because sometimes, you know, sometimes you get so used to uh, someone's, you know, handle on on Twitter and, and you begin to call that person that name and you <laughs> get to the point where you don't even know their real name or they use their real name on Instagram, they use something else on Twitter, they now, I can understand sometimes things you can't get it all to the same sometimes because if you mm-hmm. use, if you use um, I don't know, some name that you use for your blog and you use that on all platforms, sometimes you may not be able to get it exactly the same. You know, you might have to put the, a, a, a dot in it or something else mm-hmm. to switch it up. Oh, but can you quickly just say how important it is to be able to be consistent so people can find you? It is so important because no one feels like trying to Google where you are on another platform. And here's here's another little piece of advice that I give to everyone, and I think so often we forget this as business owners, as artists, when we when we get over on that service side, that we stop being the customer. And I think it's always mm-hmm. important to put yourself in the position of the consumer, um, of your customer. And did you, like, would you feel like trying to find you on various platforms? Like, if I go to your site and you don't have links to social or you don't have a site, like, you have to make it easy. Otherwise, people are just going to, like, stop. And I'm one of those people. <laughs> like, I'm one of those people. Like, if I can't easily find you, you won't be found. So it's right. extremely important because there's a lot of, you know, there's some consumers out there who are like me who will take about a minute to try to find you after that. It's a done deal. I was actually right. a perfect example. I, I went to, I, I saw something online. I know this girl personally. I was going to purchase something from her, and the link was broken, and I, I text her, and she was like, oh, I got it up now. And I was like, oh, I don't feel like shopping anymore. So I mean, you all, yeah, you got to make sure the technical stuff works, and make sure those links work, um, and make sure that people can find you. Be consistent um, in that. Wow, good advice, um, great show, and I thank you so much, Rochelle, for being our guest tonight. Thank you. You know what? I have to say before we hang up. You know, I used to listen to this show every Sunday faithfully for years, and so for me. Y'all don't know how much it, this was almost like a seed. I was like, God, like, I feel like I planted these seeds some years ago. So it was a full circle moment for me. <laughs> oh, <Okay. good. laughs> well, thank you. I'm glad.
glad you did. You still listen to us faithfully. Um, you know, please tell everybody out there we're still doing it. So tune in on Sundays um, as often as you can. Uh, we'd appreciate it. And, again, thank you for joining us tonight. And we will definitely be in touch after we uh, hang up the phone tonight. So uh, look out for that. Um, okay. But, again, thank you guys for uh, tuning in. We really appreciate it. And um, we'll be back, let's see, not next Sunday, but the first Sunday in August. So we'll, we'll definitely have, we'll, what we'll do is we'll um, pull up an old show and put it out there for you guys to um, to listen to next Sunday or you guys can go out there on your own and tune into all this the old episodes, but we won't be here next Sunday night, but we'll be back the first Sunday in August. So thank you guys for tuning in tonight and for listening. Um, thank you for those, again, who will listen on the playback. Everyone have a wonderful, wonderful night and have a beautiful and blessed week. Good night. Good night. Good night. How would you like to become friends with benefits? I'm sure that got your attention. I'm talking about FriendsBeauty.com, now offering a benefits discount program to all of our friends. That's right. Professionals that qualify can save up to 40% and non-professional consumers up to 10% just for setting up a free account online. At FriendsBeauty, we offer a huge range of products, including beauty makeup, special FX and theatrical makeup, skin care, wigs and extensions, styling tools, and more with thousands of brands at the best prices. We've been in business since 1940 and pride ourselves on ensuring our friends have the best shopping experience ever. Sign up for our Friends Discount Program and shop with us today at Friends, that's F-R-E-N-D-S, no I, beauty.com friendsbeauty.com. We also offer studio services for production orders at 818-691-1294. That's 818-691-1294. Join our program and become a friend with benefits today.